Welcome to the Five Sound Mixtape, where we discuss a new mix each and every week. My name is Michael. <laughs> and I am RJ. So maniacal. It was Transylvania. Oh, <laughs> that's a real place. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Romanian is the language. Okay. Transylvania, I guess, is in Romania. Okay. So, you know, Dracula. What happens if one of the weeks Devin comes out and just do, does like sign language? That would be sick. Damn. You I, ruined my closer. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Or I just speak with my mind. <laughs> you guys get it, right? That was telepathy. <laughs> yeah, I love in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. He refers to himself as the Dragul. So it's not even Dracula, it's the Dragul. Dragul? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is episode 18, uh, titled, makes his title, Welcome to the School. Rock! Rock! Yeah, so this is my mix. Uh, for this week wanted to change things up because we've done mostly music from the last two decades yeah Um, we really haven't branched out further than that Um, so i wanted to make a mix of some older bands but kind of have to make a theme around it yeah um so this is the intro to this is when your first day of school right Mm -hmm. this is welcome to the school yeah classes in session yeah this is like homeroom yeah this is like introductory. We're just getting started. Just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So these are like bands that specifically are rock bands that albums came out from 1970 and before. All right. Um, which is crucial. Those uh, three years there for rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. I think the earliest one on here is 68. Yeah. Maybe 67. Maybe There's 67. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because those last couple years of the sixties, um, it started in like this probably 66. And then by the time you got to like 70, it was just like let loose. Yeah. And then something happened in the mid seventies. Disco came (laughs) and it just kind of like ruined rock. Tainted everything. Yeah. It made, it made everything more like glam rock. Mm -hmm. And then going into the 80s style of, like, hair metal. Isn't it funny that, like, Kiss was the answer to disco? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. There was another band I just looked up recently that was from Detroit, and there was kind of, like, that Motor City sound. Yeah. Um, Because Detroit was, like, a booming place. Kid Rock. (laughs) Kid Rock's from Detroit. Yeah, Kid Rock. That's who it was. It was Kid Rock. (laughs) Want to be a cowboy, baby. (laughs) Kid Rock Sr., yeah, <laughs> Sir Arthur Kid Rock, um, Esquire. Yeah, same with Alice Cooper, right? Like yeah. he was an answer to what was happening. I guess David Bowie, in a sense, was. I don't even know what to call call Elton John because he had some banana <laughs> songs. I yeah. mean, I I know a few. But yeah, the seventies were weird, but right up until I don't know when the year is, maybe like seventy three or something, things with rock music was just like going off the rails. All yeah. sorts of shit was happening. Yeah, and Queen too. Oh it's yeah. Weird how Queen fits into there. Right. 
I guess that was early 80s, technically late 70s. Yeah, I think their first album was 73. Yeah, we looked yeah. at that first album, yeah. the first songs off of that, which yeah. was so strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird hearing... That's what's interesting about the the groups on this is because a lot of them are established. And so by the time you get to the late 60s, I think maybe one of them isn't. But by the time you get to the late 60s, you like they have their sound kind of figured out. Yeah. Right? Whereas like when we're looking at that early queen or even that early rush that you've been playing. Yeah. It's like, they don't know what they're doing yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's kind of strange back in the day. I think we're talking about Led Zeppelin in particular. It's mm-hmm. interesting how they kind of came out of the gate with their sound. Yeah. And they're like, this is us. This is what we're going to do. Right. And then kind of change into something else. But whatever they were at the beginning is what, everybody enjoys exactly well i think that's the thing so um so in the comparison with the beatles right yeah so the beatles when they became famous they just suddenly became famous they were a hit right off the bat and so people were like oh my gosh but if you actually look at the history of the beatles they were playing live shows five or six days a week for years Mm. and so they were just playing these underground places and these pubs throughout liverpool and throughout different parts of england and into germany and germany is when they kind of got their look in uh, hamburg um but um yeah so they were playing for years together as a band it's the same thing with led zeppelin where you just got you've got the yardbirds right yeah you've got years of people playing together of like figuring out a sound and then suddenly something locks and then they're like, they're off. Yeah. It just happens to be with a lot of these bands, except for maybe one of them that like that happened and then they happen to lock into things at the complete change of society. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles kind of, I mean, they were a hit from the beginning and then evolved and people evolved with them. Yes. I would say, I mean, they just transformed music in general yeah. like they were that force for music yeah. so i have a neighbor who will only play beatles pre-1965 <laughs> i'm not kidding you like he stops with music for the beatles at night it's almost like he doesn't like the stuff that everyone knows wow. of the beatles like he's like nope the first four albums that's all Just i a need beatles hipster. Yeah. once you get to rubber soul i'm out <laughs> Help, Hard Day's Night with the Beatles, Please Please Me. That's all I need. Hold my hand. Yeah. All I want to listen to. It's, seriously. Damn, that yeah, sucks. It's crazy. Wow. I couldn't do that. That's like the reason people don't like the Beatles. Yeah. Is because of those first years. Yeah, because like, they were a cover band back then. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting about one of the other bands on here, kind of a cover band as yeah. well. Not a cover band, but a lot of these bands do... Uh, standards i guess yeah exactly you know like old blues songs mm-hmm. for example but yeah those uh those first beatles songs everybody that says that they don't like the beatles now that's the reason why it's yeah. not because they're bad songs no. it's just because they don't understand the entirety of the beatles I guess. yeah exactly yeah rj yes this isn't the eagles this it isn't. isn't yeah do you have any thoughts concerns before we get into this mix um it's rock and roll <laughs> i think it would it's be rock and cool roll baby it's rock and roll go through the decades yeah you know and make playlists like i think we we're talking about this last week like the essential mm-hmm. 60s 70s 80s 90s oh yeah 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 that'd be interesting i just want to hear your eagles mixtape yeah eagles okay. journey sticks yeah maybe kansas mm. yeah mm. 
I don't know who your fifth one might be on that. <laughs> Blink. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Williams. Oh, God. Could you imagine if Blink covered Hotel California? I would not like that. <laughs> That's a song I'd be, be like, bad. pass. That's bad. <laughs> Anybody covering Hotel California, though, it would be strange. I can't yeah. think of a good version of that. <laughs> it's, up, it's all going to sound corny. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into Welcome to the School of Rock. 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 All right, so track number one off the mix is Born on the Bayou from uh, CCR, or Credence Clearwater Revival, off the album Bayou Country from 1969. Um, This song comes in as a hefty five minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah. Uh, CCR also uh, is an American rock band which recorded and performed from 1968 to 1972. The band initially consisted of lead vocalist, lead guitarist, and primary songwriter, the John Fogarty, his brother, rhythm guitarist, Tom Fogarty, bassist, Stu Cook, and drummer, Doug Glifford. Um, these members had played together since 1959, first as the Blue Velvets and later as the Gollywogs. Oh, yeah, that's where I'm familiar <laughs> with them from. <laughs> I legit didn't know John Fogarty was... Oh, on CCR. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because who's, um, uh, we were talking about him the other day. Uh, you're playing him. Um, there's just like certain songwriters that, uh, it's like Crosby, Still Nash and Young. Like people are like, wait, Neil Young's in that? Yeah. It's like Eric Clapton. Yeah. Eric Clapton's that um, way. I mean, he was in Cream, but he was in that other band that I, fuck, I can't remember. Yeah. And they were saying that was like the, final moment or the final band he was in before he wanted to become the front of the band. Right. Eric Clapton. Yeah. 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 It's always weird to that stuff. But yeah, again, like this is an example for until they really started hitting their stride. Um, they had been playing together for since 1959. Damn. Um, so CCR's musical style encompass roots, rock, swamp, rock, and blues, rock, roots, rock, reggae. (laughs) It's the only type of roots rock I know. Uh, they played a southern rock style despite their San Francisco Bay Area origin. Bay Area. <laughs> With lyrics about bayous, catfish, <laughs> the Mississippi River, and other popular elements of southern United States iconography. So sick. <laughs> uh, the band's songs rarely dealt with romantic love, concentrating instead on political and socially conscious lyrics. Gators. <laughs> <laughs> about topics such as the Vietnam War. Um, the band performed at 1969's Woodstock. Pretty cool. Hmm. Um, a couple of these other guys did as well. Uh, so they disbanded in 1972. Uh, so this album, Bayou Country, is the second album from them. Um, is released in 1969. Uh, songwriter John Fogarty set the, this song in the Deep South, Um, born on the bayou despite neither having lived nor widely traveled there he commented (laughs) saying born on the bayou was vaguely like porterville about a mythical childhood and a heat-filled time the fourth of july i put it in the swamp where of course i had never lived it was late as i was writing i was trying to be a pure writer no guitar in hand visualizing and looking at the bare walls of my apartment Tiny apartments have wonderful bare walls, especially when you can't afford to put anything on them. (laughs) Chasing down a hoodoo. Hoodoo is a magical, mystical, spiritual, non-defined apparition like a ghost or shadow. Not necessarily evil, but certainly otherworldly. I was getting some of that imagery from Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters. 
Um, <laughs> Burning wow. Light is a great example of Swamp Rock. Um, the guitar setting for the intro is overdriven with the amp's tremolo. On a slow setting, Fogarty used uses a Gibson ES-175. Yeah, if you if anyone has heard this song before, I always say it's because you've seen a Vietnam movie. Mm-hmm. Because anytime I hear the opening of this, I just see Apache helicopters mm-hmm. just coming through. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This and Buffalo Springfield yeah. and pretty much any Credence Clearwater song. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunate Son. Yeah, Fortunate Son, Proud Vietnam. Mary, Green River. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um yeah, is was CCR in your guys' lives as children? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Like yeah. I knew who they were, but I feel not... like your dad would have liked CCR, right? He did, but yeah. it wasn't something that was played all the time. Mm. Like he did talk about them and kind of play them, but I don't think they were. A... I didn't know that they were from San Francisco, which yeah. makes it even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like if I wrote an album called The New Hampshire Shuffle, and it's like, oh, I'm just you know writing about dancing in yeah. New Hampshire. <laughs> Two things I know nothing about. Right. Have you yeah. been there? No. <laughs> Perfect. I'm just writing from that perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not that like familiar with them besides their hits, mm-hmm. which brings me to my first question. Yeah. So, this is the School of Rock. Yes. And this is from the band that brought you Bad Moon Rising. Oh, yeah. Low Die. Fortunate Son. Oh, yeah. Looking Out My Back Door. Oh, yeah. Which is do, do, probably do. about butt six. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever seen the rain? Green River. <laughs> and Down on the Corner. Yeah. This Why is all butt six. What? This is all butt six. It's all about butt six. Okay. Down on the Corner. Yeah. Got that Green River. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Born on the Bayou. <laughs> but why did you choose Born on the Bayou? Uh, so a lot of these songs had... Uh, I I wanted to choose something that had a distinct influence into what rock music would be. Okay. So the way the guitar riff works in this song adds a layer of... I don't know what it is using that tremolo that's on there. Um and Swamp Rock or Southern Rock wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't until Leonard Skinner was like, no, this is Southern Rock. Yeah. Right? But this is the start of it, which is weird because it's not from a band from the South. <laughs> South. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with to- uh, Tom Petty and uh, Mud Crutch. It's like they had a very Southern sound to them at the beginning. Then they turned it into Tom Petty eventually. Um, but, th- again, the reason why I chose... I chose CCR because they are a defining band into what would become Southern rock because of the way that they sing and all this different stuff that mm-hmm. they, they talk about in their songs. And on top of that, the style of guitar playing is so specific to me. Yeah. It's not, it's not blues. It's not rock. It's not country. It's not country. It's very specific. And yeah. I feel like in this song, the, the opening riff, the do, 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 like mm-hmm. that riff, all the songs needed a riff that I loved, if that makes sense. Okay. So that was my other criteria with all these songs is they have a very specific riff in there. Okay. That I love that helps move rock into the next stages. Interesting. Okay. Because I was thinking like Fortunate Son Mm -hmm. seems to be the iconic song by uh, CCR. 
Mm, yeah. I don't know if that would be their number one. I think Proud Mary is, honestly. Proud yeah, Mary is, is pretty a, huge. It's is that their, first their song? Hit. No. Or is that Tina Turner? No, I don't know if it's originally done by them. I really don't um, know. Yeah. So I didn't put that on the list because I wasn't sure if that was actually their I, song. Yeah, I believe Proud Mary was their first big hit. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Look out my back door, too. Tommy <sighs> Lee Jones sings that in Men in Black. It's pretty great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a lot of movie references to Creedence Clearwater. I don't yeah. know. I think like uh, Joe Dirt, probably. Yeah. A ton think, of movies. Yeah, that was the yeah. other reason why I chose this song in particular is because it has a weird built-in pop culture side to it. Mm-hmm. Where Green River, I love the song. Yeah. It doesn't have as much as a resident residence for me as far as like how it's like defined even pop culture going forward. Which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because this song is made during Vietnam and it's been played during most Vietnam movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one of those iconic songs, I guess. Yeah. And that's with all of these songs. Like, I, I don't know if... You, so I will never choose a mix of artists that's just the hits. Okay. I will never do that. I can't either. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you already know this. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? Why are we doing this? That's So yeah. I have questions on yeah. every song in this. Exactly. And it's not that I disagree, Yeah, but... CCNR, or CCR, mm-hmm. you had six albums to choose from that fit that criteria. I only really like know? this album. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my other question. Did you go through, like, were you super familiar with Credence? Uh, just their first two albums okay. uh, is the ones that I've listened to the most, and I like this one the okay. most. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that they had six albums before 1970. Yeah. That's insane. Well. They had, like, three in 1970. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. what's weird about this age of music, because... We'll get to the next band, but they did like the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Randall. Yes. How did you feel about Creed? Did you feel like you were in the Philippines when you were listening to this? <laughs> were you in the palm trees yeah. waiting for the helicopters <laughs> to fly by? I was on the opposite team, just throwing that out. <laughs> we won. You were Charlie in the tree. <laughs> just saying, we Charlie's won. In the trees. Um. So my experience with them is i've heard them i never had anybody who was like oh here listen to this it was like uh the radio station that we have here they played it on 98 rock Eagle. all the time 96 nine. <laughs> so they played it and i was just like cool i've heard this song yeah i was telling Devin. i went on spotify and i just pushed play on their hits and i'm like i've heard this i've heard this yeah. i've heard this yeah. i was like holy shit i've Crazy. heard all of their songs, and I'm like, I don't hate them. I enjoy these yeah. songs. Yeah. Those like seven songs I mentioned aren't even the top five. Yeah, like that's I was like, this other is ones crazy. Too. Yeah, they have so many hits. Um, but this song, as you said, if you've seen any like war Vietnam yeah. movie, I've heard this before. It's a good song. I, I enjoyed it. it was, was it too long for you? Oh, I, I we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so this one wasn't. <laughs> this one was fine. I enjoyed the whole song. Yeah. And I believe this is the this song is the opener on Bayou Country as well. Should be, yeah. I think this is yeah. how they start that album. Okay, yeah. But it's a good start start of the the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if you see it in a movie, it's at the beginning of a movie most yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I was thinking? Maybe we didn't listen to Credence that much because my dad was actually in Vietnam. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> so maybe yeah. seeing it in movies reminds him of Vietnam. Yeah, that's a good He's point. Like, yeah, I don't want to listen to Credence today. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any flashbacks today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, again, I chose, I chose CCR in particular because they have a very distinct sound. And I think yeah. that's important when you're putting together some of these like before 1970s bands because they, to me, they have to have like a very distinct sound. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So track number two on here is we've got everybody's got something to hide except for, except me and my monkey. Except me and my monkey. <laughs> By the Beatles um, off of the album, The Beatles, also known as the White Album uh, from 1968. This song is a crisp two minutes and 24 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Crisp. It yeah. Is. Real crisp. Yeah. A lot of Beatles songs that have this tempo. Two and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they need. That's, That's all, all they need. need. Yeah. 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 You get it. I will say, first song didn't feel like five and a half minutes. It no. didn't. Second song doesn't feel like two and a half minutes. It didn't. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But um Yeah, so I mean they're the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they started in nineteen sixty, you know. Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lennon McCartney, primary songwriters. Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys have any questions that I can answer for you about the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so you, you were saying Revolver was the turning point for them. Uh, Rubber, Rubber Soul, Soul was the is the transitional point. album. Yes. And then they went to Florida, took acid, yes. or somewhere and During that acid. time, yes. Yeah. And also, that's the first time that they heard uh, Dylan was right before... Uh, rubber Soul, so that's is, where Norwegian Wood comes from. This is after he went electric? No, this is... Pre-electric? Yeah, electric's not till like, 68, I think, okay. or maybe 69, because um, that's when he's playing with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they... So Dylan, I think, was starting to get some popularity around 64-ish, and that's when they heard him for the first time. Um, because they became popular in the States, I believe, I want to say, 1960. Maybe 63 is when they get popular here. Um, I think Please Please Me came out in 1962. Hmm. Um, and then you got With the Beatles, also known as, for an American audiences, it's very hard to find. It's called The Butcher Album. And huh. the album is the Beatles sitting in butcher coats with uh, fake blood spilled all over them Toy. and um, baby dolls ripped apart. Okay. Plastic baby dolls. This is pre or post acid? This is pre acid. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then they have Help, A Hard Day's Night. And then they have, or those are backwards. And then they have um, Rubber Soul, and that's their transitional album because that's when they take Acid. And then they've got Revolver. And then that's where you get like Eleanor Rigby and things like that. Yeah. And then you get Sgt. Peppers and it goes on and on and on. I've heard Sgt. Peppers is like an experience. Like you got to listen to it front to back. And I've uh, heard lots the, of good things about it. It's the first half of it. It's almost like the first seven songs. They're like, we're doing a concept album, the very first one. And they're like, man, mm. this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, Here's some other songs. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a pretty one. Yeah. Yeah. And so it kind of goes, it, it kind of goes away from the conceptual piece on it mm. in the latter half of the album. I would say the white album for me, I'm, it's the one I'm most familiar with, mm. but it was, more of an experience to listen to front to back. Yeah. Because of the inclusion of uh Revolution Nine. Yeah. And back in the USSR, all the background sounds. Obledi, obleda. Yeah. And just the you the variety of it yeah. is like it's going it's going through like a movie in your head when yeah. you're listening to it. And well it's a 
so it's much a, strange recording processes. Yeah. Well, in, it's a double album, right? Yeah. So it's it's a double album. Um, I can't remember. It's their only double album. I don't know who had done one before that. Because the Beatles are the first for a lot of things. It's argued that they are they made the first music videos. Um, and the reason is, is because they had to stop touring because touring their shows became ridiculous. Hmm. And they're like, we can't do this anymore. So they were the first band, it's argued that they are. Um, to be able to film a music video and put it out there to let people know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and that was like in 65, wow. um, I think, when they did that. That was when um, Harrison was playing uh, an SG. I fucking loved it when he was playing an SG. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they just stuck with that and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They found like overdrive. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they basically, it's argued again that they made distortion because Day Tripper, if you listen to the beginning of Day Tripper, has like a. And has that reverb that's in there that's built in. They they use some they type use of a fuzz circuit, I think, on yeah. those ones. And that's when they met George Martin. So George Martin is referred to as the fifth Beatle, and he's the producer that came in. I want to say before Revolver, but he might have came in at Revolver. And George Martin was a orchestral producer, so he only produced like big band stuff and like music scores and things like that. And so George Martin came in and was like, "Oh, we can like add strings." Like we can add like all this other layers and shit Damn. like that. And so he's referred to as a fifth beetle because he's like the one that made help make their sound into what it was. And then he made Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. This guy's rad. Well, what's interesting so you like the wide album a lot, and yeah. the wide album isn't like distinctive because it's because they're on drugs. Because they had already been doing drugs for several years before the wide album. Yeah. The if white album from the acid trip just before that is when, so George Harrison, the lead guitar player was the first one to get into religious spiritual experiences that are specific to India. <sighs> so he was the one who was like, Oh, I want to learn the sitar. So he's yeah. like, I learned the sitar. <laughs> and so he was the one that, um, uh, Ravi Shankar, um, yeah. What's her face? Nor Jones is dead. Yeah. So he was the one that met him first. And then he brought the rest of the Beatles to go meet them and to study with them. And they basically like spent time tripping on acid, learning uh, Indian philosophy and religion. And then that's where the white album comes from. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I got a lot to listen to now. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I love the white album because you've got song that like, they have a song on there called piggies. And it's about little piggies. <laughs> they have a song, yeah. Why Don't We Do It on the Road? This yeah, why don't we do it on the road? Fucking in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... Dear Prudence. I fucking love that Ooh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really liked... Hey, I listened to it again Bale. today. Back in the USSR. Yeah, such, such a, a good, good song. song. Yeah. And they really... like From the beginning of the album, they just have a strange background ambiance. Yeah. Throughout the entire album. There's some track that's playing that, like, there's bands like Godspeed You Black Emperor that have used found sounds since then and placed that in the back of the recordings. But I think they used a lot of found sounds. Like, Revolution 9 yeah. just has that number nine, number, number nine. nine. Like, yeah. strange song, especially yeah. for the time. Maybe the first time. I can't remember if that's argued, too. That's the first time that things are being played backwards on a recording. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a lot of firsts. Yeah. But um, they have what I like about like people like Childish Gambino mm-hmm. and uh, Kendrick Lamar. Not to compare them to the Beatles, but they take chances on changing their style. Oh yeah, you know, like the White Album is a it's a series of chances that they took. Yeah, that turned out really good. Yeah, 
uh, probably Revolver too was a lot of series of chances. Yeah, but they took. A... Well, what's interesting is that's not even the most chances that they took, and on those albums. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, I would argue, and people would be, if you're like a Beatles head, you'd be mad at me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because so from 1966 to 1970, I believe they came out with seven albums. Yeah. Right. So that's one after another, and there's two albums that I love that no one talks about because they think they're silly. And those are the chancy ones. The Yellow Submarine album and Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. I fucking love those albums and they're really good because they're half they're they're songs that are written for these movies. And so they're half like Beatles songs and then half just score. So it's like a mixture of songs because it's for a movie, right? So it's like proto soundtracks that are yeah. coming out back then and they have fucking great songs on there that are just like weird and out of it like that's where um strawberry fields like comes from that era right which yeah. is just like weird what's happening here song yeah. they have a song called blue jay way that's just like i think harrison wrote that song it's just like it's just fucking weird right <laughs> and that's the other cool thing about them is like on their albums they have lennon mccartney writing most of the stuff but then they they give Ringo a song and they, and then over time they give Harrison more songs on the album mm-hmm. until, so it was, I had this song on here. Well, originally I had a different song on here. Okay. Um, so originally I had while my guitar gently weeps because that is, but that's too, it's almost too popular for me to choose. And there's also different versions of while my guitar gently weeps. So there's a version of it where he plays it and um he plays the lead but on the main version of it clapton is playing the lead what yeah because on the Clap- beatles album yeah so clapton came and was pl- played the lead and so there there is a version where he's playing a different type of lead it's kind of the uh uh the Jimi hendrix bob dylan all along the watch hours okay uh, there's like two different versions that hendrix made Ooh. uh one is pre dylan's version one's after dylan's version um Oh. So originally I had Wild My Guitar Gently Weeps. Fucking love that song. It's an amazing song. Um, but I felt like that song is almost too standard for that being on the White Album. This song is weird and I feel like shows more of like, oh, you think you know the Beatles? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there's so many songs on this album that are like that. Yeah. And, uh, this is definitely one of the standout ones. I didn't see, you can't see the whole title on Spotify. Yeah. As soon as it started playing, I was like, ah, I remember this song. Yeah. I remember hearing this and be like, the fuck is this? It's not the Beatles. Yeah. Like the first time I heard the White Album, I was only familiar with Hold Your Hand and the Bowl Cut Beatles. Yeah. You know, and Britpop. This is not Britpop. Mm-hmm. Like this whole album is not Britpop. Do yeah. you know what the song is about? Yeah, it's about uh, just getting out there with your dick, you know, holding your dick out. <laughs> Everybody's got something to hide. <laughs> Me and my monkey got nothing to hide. Um, so it's contested, but the majority. So Lennon wrote the song because it's about him and Yoko. Okay, and so Yoko is the monkey. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Makes sense. I don't she know if you're like allowed to say sings. that. <laughs> 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 kind of a monkey. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this was when they had first gotten together and blah, blah, blah. And and everyone's got something to hide except for me and Yoko. Like Mm. we're able to lay naked in bed and let people 
journalists come in because we're just staying in bed for a little bit. Oh time. yeah. You know, things like that. Um, so, uh, this is from Lennon. He says that was just sort of a nice line that I made into a song. It was about me and Yoko. Everybody seemed to be paranoid except for us two who were in the glow of love. Everything is clear and, and open when you're in love. Everybody was sort of tense about us. You know, what is she doing here at the session? Why is she with him? All this sort of madness is going on around us because we just happen to want to be together all the time. Um, yeah, I would say that if if you watch Lennon stuff, it's pretty interesting. Him as like a person, I've seen. I can't tell you how many Beatles and documentaries and shit I've seen. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but Lennon's pretty interesting with how he writes. Um, there's a very famous scene from a documentary of this guy who was camped out on his property, and it was obviously before he was killed by a fan um but he was camped out on his property and lennon kind of confronted him was like hey man like why are you camped out on my property and this guy was convinced that lennon was writing songs to him right so was charles manson right exactly yeah. they he was convinced that that was happening and lennon just sitting there being like like i just write words that go together there's no meaning behind what i'm writing yeah. And it was, he was just like, there, I'm just, I just think of a sentence and I write it. I have no thoughts or ideas as to why it's being put together in those, with the way that it is. And even the words that he chooses, he's like, like, uh, goo goo gajoob, right? Yeah. I am the walrus. There's no, he's not saying anything. Yeah. It's just, he's just putting words that he just thinks are interesting, you know? Uh, and so that's, it's he's really interesting because of that. He didn't become more of that type of songwriter until later in his solo career where he was like saying more things. So I can't remember the exact details. I'm probably getting part of this wrong, but I want to say late sixties BMI music group developed the MRI Mm -hmm. magnetic resonance imaging machine that they use in hospitals to figure out what makes music palatable for certain people like mm-hmm. why does somebody enjoy something that somebody else doesn't so they invented this machine or they hired somebody to make this machine yeah to kind of like understand what's going on in people's brains and i heard something about the beatles being related to that yeah maybe i don't know if they ever i don't know if that's just a conspiracy theory i thought i read it in a book <laughs> but <laughs> might have been a youtube video yeah yeah but that would be interesting if they're just, like, tapping into something subconscious that everybody can, like, like, certain people are like, damn, you're in my head. Yeah, maybe. I don't you know? know. Yeah. Or they're just attracting crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> so making them take acid. I think they just attracted everyone. And that yeah. time, because there's a, a famous, um, so the Beatles, they went full hippie, right? And then in the latter half of their career, like, in the Abbey Road, Let It Be stages, they kind of backed off of it. Yeah, And it was was because they went to Candlestick Park. They went to San Francisco to this big music festival. I want to say in like 67 or 68. Mm. And they went there and they're on record of saying this like in interviews and on camera being like, yeah, we went there and this is not the revolution. (laughs) These young kids that are just like all on drugs and doing nothing with their lives. This is not the revolution that we are like working towards yeah and so they backed off on a lot of that stuff which is pretty interesting hmm. yeah that's why. that's why like uh you have like the phases of like how they look and eventually they're just like long hair and beards and then they kind of like 
tune it back and they have shorter hair to kind of move forward. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even McCartney was like, he had his sweet mustache and a little bit longer hair and then he tuned it back and he was just like Paul McCartney going forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty cool though. There's a, th- a conspiracy theory that the CIA like infiltrated the counterculture in that time period to basically start the war on drugs. Yeah. Because sure. there was, you know, this expanding of consciousnesses and they just had to get in there and just be like, no, this isn't good. Kind of like, uh, like vilify the, the hippie movement. Yeah. Of the counterculture because they were against war too. Like the thing that's yeah. kind of when it started. Right. So when everybody started protesting Vietnam, I'm like we can't have people protesting wars. Yeah. We love wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, RJ. Yes. What do you think of the song? I'm assuming you hadn't heard it before. You saw Rain. I have seen Rain. Did they do this song? I don't remember. Okay. Rain is a great song. It's not on any album. It's a B. It's like oh. it's a. It's not even a B side. It's like a hidden. It's like a scratch track. So that's where they got their name. And it's called Rain. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool interesting. Yeah, so All Rain, right. the cover band of yeah. the Beatles. All right. So they got a legit name. Mm-hmm. All right. They did their homework. Um, I mean, just overall, everybody's heard the Beatles. Uh, they have their hits. They have their different types. They have their hits. Yeah. <laughs> They're their styles couple. they went through. But I have not heard the song originally. This is a right song. Yeah. It's Enjoyed weird, it. huh? It, it, I mean, out of all the other ones, I think this is... I think the riff kind of bugged me a little bit. Okay. Which riff? I get it. The dee nee 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 I'm like, oh, I don't like that note. Oh, it kind of really? It comes to kind of a full stop. And I was and like, goes, interesting. Becomes rhythmic, and then it goes... Yeah. And I'm like, that yeah. dee nee And then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Monkey? Exactly. And then I was like, cool, cool song. Those are my only two. So you don't like that? It wasn't. I don't think it was fluid like that. I think they like, took out a note or something like that, and it, it irked me. This is what I was talking about hmm. with taking chances on this album. And I was wondering, if you hadn't heard the White Album, this song out of context, I was wondering what you would think of it. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know if I've heard the White Album. I think it's a <clears throat> it's interesting because if you if you look at the some of the some of the leads that they're doing guitar wise, they're doing Chuck Berry leads, mm-hmm. but they're mixing it with this new evolved sense of rock. Yeah. So the that is like a Chuck Berry lead. That's something that he would do, mm-hmm. and so they're mixing these leads even the bass that that comes that right on that rock and roll exactly it's it's mixing this older chuck berry sound because that's like lennon's hero was like chuck berry he Mm. loved chuck berry even though he's kind of a weirdo he's on record of being (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean everybody likes peeing on prostitutes um but yeah it's weird with some of these songs like this song in particular the reason why i chose it is because um, if you listen to this and maybe birthday and, um, uh, your blues, there's like a handful of songs that they have where they're doing this like older fifties rock and roll in the late sixties. And so that's, I, I don't know if it works. It always works for me, but I don't know if it works for everyone else. See, I think yeah. those are my only two gripes about it. I don't even want to say that. Not even the cowbell? Of the, no, come no. On, come okay. On, come on, the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> the song had me tapping my foot. I was head bobbing. 
was rocking out, hmm. and I enjoyed the song. Yeah. Those are my only two things that I have an issue with. Yeah, yeah. So, wh- how, what are your feelings on Hilter Skelter? Yeah, that's another one where they do the same thing. They're doing yeah. like older fifties riffs in a modern way. Yeah. yeah, or modern for the time. Yes. Yeah. That was the song. I think that's why. So this album for me, like, my dad and I like looked for it at a bunch of record stores. Like, tried to search for it mm-hmm. before, like, pre-internet. Yeah, and called a bunch of places and like eventually tracked it down. He's like, because I was getting into like punk music and just harder rock at the yeah. time, and my perception of the Beatles was limited to whatever VH1 told me on behind the music. There's no other resource besides the old vinyl records I had. So, like, we tracked down this album, and he's like, listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Both CDs. And, I, like, I was just blown away by this. This is kind of like a turning point for music in my head. Yeah. It's one of those albums that you hear where you're like, I didn't know people could do this with music. But Helter Skelter was the one that, like, stood out to me on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, as something that was totally different than whatever was coming out at the time. Yeah, I would say right. Helter Skelter is like proto-acid rock, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like the way that they're formulating the song, it would, it's, I can't remember when the year of Grateful Dead started, um, but it's, Ooh, I yeah. to me, I can see the track being laid with that song, with that style of music. Yeah. With this song, the reason why I chose it is because I could see the track being laid to punk music. Yes, I could see that. Because if you look at the Sex Pistols the and their... Sex Pistols yeah, and Clash. Exactly. With their riffs, they're very similar to old 50s songs, but they're sped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? And even the... Dun, 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 like that upstroke that they're using on the song, it's very synonymous with like the Clash. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the reason why I chose it is because... First song is influencing Southern rock. This song to me is influencing punk. Okay. Yeah. It was a fun song though. Yeah. Enjoyed it. I agree. All right. All right. So track number three off the mix. We got, Hey Joe. Hey Joe. (laughs) Uh, From the Jimi Hendrix experience. Off of, are you experienced? Wait, do you mean the Joe Rogan experience? (laughs) Uh, so this album came out in 1967. Um, this song is three minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, James Marshall, Jimi Hendrix, um, musician, singer, songwriter, died very young in his career, I believe. 29. Yeah. Part of the 29 club. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Hendrix is kind of known as being the guy who changed guitar. Yeah. Right? So before yeah. him, there was uh, Chuck Berry. Who changed guitar, and then I think people just make the jump to Jimi Hendrix. Well, he yeah. played it all backwards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played the whole song in reverse. It's crazy. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix has a really interesting career because he's like a jazz musician who is playing in jazz standard ba- bands as like the lead guitarist or the rhythm guitarist in these jazz orchestra bands. Huh. And he's just in the background. And so you just see him like in these old photos with short hair and in like tuxes and suits. And he's just like in the background, just like noodling on guitar, on his <laughs> jazz riffs. Was and this that, when he went to the the army or before or after? That would have been, uh, he he served in the army. Korean War. So that would have been in the 54. 50s. So it would have been after. 
Yeah. Because I know uh, I looked up stuff on him too, and it was like, you know, he was in there and just basically they're like, he doesn't listen to us. He just talks about yeah. music all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's tone altering. He has a completely different style than anyone else. He defined a really fucking weird style. I played it with his teeth. Like guitars on fire. I don't know if he's the first guy to play behind his head. He might have been. He used to put tabs of acid under his headband. Yeah. And just wait for him to start sweating. And be like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm going to play this guitar with my teeth. Why yeah. wouldn't I? <laughs> I love Rogan loves to bring this up every time, but it is one of my favorite things that like Eric Clapton saw Hendrix because Hendrix was gaining, didn't be gain popularity until he went to England. And he went to England and started playing over there. And then everyone over there, and Eric Clapton including, was like, well, I guess I don't play guitar anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just because he's so just defining as a guitar player. Yeah, he's the John Mayer of the 60s. Yeah, I mean, he's the only (laughs) guitar player that I'm like, I think I like Fender's. (laughs) Yeah. So that was my question. His guitar tone is so signature. Yeah. But he also played it left-handed, right. so he switched the strings around. Mm-hmm. Does that have to do with it? You know, like the mm. other, the windings of the coils. Know, I think it's flipped around. Have you seen his hands? No. Like his hands, his fingers are massive. Oh. Like he played most of the time with his thumb over the top. That's how That's he played. How John Mayer plays yeah. too. And it's like That's those, a lot of good guitarists play. Yeah, those dudes with those just massive fucking hands, they could do whatever they want on the guitar. They get whatever Damn. tone they need out of there. That's how they get those low tones. You yeah. know, you're like, it's not a bar chord. You're able to play those open strings with your thumb on the top string yeah. and move it up. I try it. I cannot do it. <laughs> I looked up something <laughs> about him, and it was because I forgot what first guitar like he got. Yeah. but because he's Probably a le- Squire. <laughs> it, it wasn't a Fender. Um, he but, probably played uh, a hollow body of some type back yeah. then. But he, he had to flip it around because he's a lefty. And then you he couldn't switch the coils, so you get like the low highs and oh, like yeah. that. So and that is and it. It's, yeah. it's the it's that sound because hmm. the lows like this kind of defined the strats. Because he's like, like I that, couldn't like, afford a lefty, so I just played with the righty and flipped right. it around. Yeah, like I I would be curious to look into uh, the history of Stratocasters and see if post seventy like post sixty nine Stratocasters have different pickups than mm-hmm. the ones before it. Yeah, they might have changed the style based on him. Yeah. That makes know. sense. For Steve sure, Ray into Vaughan. the 70s. Steve Ravon has that same sound. Yeah. Like that, the low strings that he plays, you know, like the low notes sound perfectly round. Yeah. Like what all is, of Jimi Hendrix stuff. They have a specific word for his blues, Steve Ravon's. Um, Fucking sick. No, Delta Blues. That's what they call it. I don't know if he's Delta Blues. <laughs> Because I think that's like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. The Bayou. That's Chicago Blues. I thought they were the Bayou. I no, think they're, they're down south. Uh, yeah. I, I don't believe that they became popular until they. I believe both of them played in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um. Fuck yeah, Steve Ray Vaughan. No. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's an he's an Austin guy. I think. I think he's from Austin. He's Texas. I don't know. Stone Cold. Uh, I think Steve his brother Oster. still plays in Austin. His brother's a good guitar player too. Really? Yeah. That sucks to be the brother of Steve Ray Vaughn, though, because you're I, not going to be as good as yeah. Him. I think he played in the band the Thunderbirds. If you ever heard of them? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so mm. Jimi Hendrix, guitar god. There'll only be one of them. He changed the yeah. whole sound of guitar playing going forward. Um, so this album is the debut album from him, which is fucking crazy because <sighs> this album's insane. 
um, like hit after hit on this album. I the chose, first song, <laughs> just yeah. Purple Haze. Yeah, I know. It's like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> God damn. Isn't yeah. that awesome? <laughs> it's like, here, here's me. <laughs> damn. Yeah, I chose Hey Joe because I just, I've always loved this song. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because of the lyrics. Like, even though I love the guitar melody that he's doing, lyrically, that's what's always pulled me into this song. Which is crazy that yeah. he's <laughs> singing it and playing this elaborate song on guitar and wrote those lyrics. So, mm. here oh, we go. okay. So, this is the thing with Hey Joe. Okay. Hey Joe is... Okay. Right. <laughs> so, Hey Joe is an American song from the 1960s that has become a rock standard mm. and has been performed by many in many musical styles by hundreds of different artists. The lyrics tell a man who is on the run and planning to head to Mexico after shooting his unfaithful wife. In 1962, Billy Roberts registered Hey Joe for a copyright in the United States. In the late 1965, L.A. garage band The Leaves recorded the earliest known commercial version of Hey Joe. Uh, They re-recorded the song and released it in 1966, which became a hit in the U.S. In October 1966, Jimi Hendrix recorded Hey Joe for his first single with the Jimi Hendrix experience. So, Uh. So the authorship and the registered copyright is kind of like in a weird gray area. Um, because there's like other people who said that they wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Um, but so that's, what's so interesting to the song to me is like, it's not written by him. He's doing like an older blues cover. Yeah. But it sounds like a Jimi Hendrix song. Like, yeah. like you would never say, you would never think like, is he covering mm-hmm. someone? <laughs> Same thing with all along the watch. Yeah, exactly. Though. Yeah. You know, like that's crazy. Yeah. I remember first listening, I remember distinctively being in seventh grade and I was playing a lot of Unreal Tournament. Okay. <laughs> I loved Unreal cool. Tournament. <laughs> and I remember just like putting on this album just on repeat, just <laughs> running around, blowing bitches up. <laughs> and it's like, I just listened to this album constantly during that time playing this video game and it's just this album is so good and i've always just loved hey joe it's got it's not my favorite i don't know if it's my favorite song jimmy hendrix song um but i i personally love the song and i think it's interesting i wanted to add a cover i wanted to add a song that you don't think is a cover but is pushing rock music further yeah you know what i'm saying well, I forgot to mention about Credence on like every one of their albums. Creed? Creed. Yeah. <laughs> wide open. Higher is a cover, actually. <laughs> it's a 1930s jazz standard. Now, uh, Credence had a uh, had a cover on like every one of their albums, mm. at least one mm-hmm. that I recognized the name of. Yeah. And they were old like rock standards. Like a lot of bands did this. Yeah. Well, it's like um, uh, House of the Rising Sun, right? Yeah. That's just, that's a public, it's not public, I don't know if they refer to it as public domain, but it's not owned by anyone. Um, it's an old enough song that they don't know who originally made it. Fuck. And so that's why they have all these different versions of House of the Rising Sun. Oh. Yeah. The only one I knew of was Eric Burden and the Animals. Yeah. And then I was looking something up the other day. Oh, uh, I think that band Quicksilver Messenger Service I was telling you about, mm-hmm. then they had a version of it. Yeah. And then they were playing that Who Do You Love song. Hootie? Like, Hootie? 
<laughs> who do you love? Hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, everybody just did covers of everything. Yeah, back then. that's what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why people. This is why this is welcome to the school of rock. Yeah, because if this was welcome, there, there's a class on blues because Robert Johnson and those guys, they're on this their own wavelength. The people who like really develop songwriting. Yeah, those are other. This is like developing rock versus like these old standards. That's like developing songwriting. This is taking something that exists and changing it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm assuming. You guys love Hey Joe. No, I fucking hate it. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I, oh, sorry. I was going to say Little Wing is my favorite. I yes. think Little Wing's my favorite Jimmy Andrews. Little song. Wing, or I think it's called Under My Voodoo. Oh, or Voodoo? Or Voodoo. Something I think about it, Voodoo? Yeah, I think it's just called Voodoo. I think the Sublime songs are my Voodoo. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Either of those. Voodoo Child. There we go. Voodoo Child. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those two are. Little Wing is just so, like, soft-sounding. I want to play it on guitar. Okay. I can't figure it out. Oh, I can show you the beginning. Yeah? Yeah. That's the thing with these guys. Like, I tried to learn a Stevie Ray Vaughan song. I learned the first eight seconds of it. Yeah. And I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. got to feel it. Yeah. That's the tough part. Yeah. There's definitely... There is a lot of feeling in Jimi Hendrix's songs. Yeah. It's kind of what of we're heart. talking about with that Beatles song where he's playing, you know, Jimi Hendrix riff in a way, but he's playing... Like, Jimi Hendrix plays it with feeling. Yeah. You know, he has a sway to it. Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit of a, a drag on it, I guess. Yeah. It's awesome watching... Uh, like people explain Jimi Hendrix playing because they're like, and then he just does like one of his things. Yeah. Because that's like how they have to explain it. They're like, yeah, there's just Jimi Hendrix isms that like, he just does this thing right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think he learned how to read. He probably knows how to read sheet music. Oh yeah. Cause but, he was a jazz musician, but I yeah. don't think he ever put that into play when he was writing his stuff. Maybe. I don't know. know. Cause that's, Cause there'd be a lot of dotted eighth notes. In there, uh, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> There'd be a lot of strange notation yeah. that he would have to work through. It's just, it's just feeling like he just felt constantly it constantly changing rhythms and playing with the rhythm of the song. You yeah, know? yeah. I liked it. it. It was a great song. I yeah. enjoyed this a lot. I haven't heard this song originally. Oh. Um, I did go just kind of you know my Google search and I found out the little situation like we mentioned where we don't know where it came from. Yeah, and. Just overall, I love the song itself. You would play this, and I'd be like, oh, Jimi Hendrix wrote this. Great yeah. song. But it, it, it wasn't by him. But just overall, the feeling of it, I love the lyrics of it, even though it wasn't him that wrote it. It just it fits it perfectly. I love the song. Yeah. It was a good song. Great song. How do you feel about it? How, how do you feel so far about the uh, lineup of the songs? We got the Born Order. By You. I feel good. Then we speed it up. With monkey, yeah, and then we kind of slow it down. We did slow it down. There were two ways I thought about going about this. Mm-hmm. Since it's the school of rock, yeah, I thought you could go chronologically. Yeah, which this would have been first then, out of the songs. Really? Yeah, this okay. is sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this then Beatles, yeah, and then, then probably CCR. Creedence. Or, yeah, I think Credence, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I think you had two sixty nines and like a seventy, which I would have been fine with starting out with this as well. 
mm-hmm. but I did like how it slowed down there. Yeah. No, I love Credence in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I love that song in the beginning. I was like, this is fantastic. I think, I mean, because it, it was the intro, but I listened to the, probably that song the most because that's all I'd get the time for. But yeah, I was just yeah. like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, I like the uh, layout of it so far. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so track number four, we've got The Lemon Song from Led Zeppelin <laughs> off of Led Zeppelin 2. Album came out in 1969. This song comes in at a strong six minutes and 19 seconds. Fuck yeah, and it feels like it. Too. <laughs> uh, so Zeppelin came in uh, in 1968 is when they started. Um, it's pretty crazy because you have the Yardbirds before then, um, but it's insane that like Led Zeppelin 1 and 2 is just like, Fucking hit after hit yeah, after hit on those it, albums. Three and four. Yeah. Just Black Dog just and Rock going. and Roll. Yeah. Th- th- yeah. Yeah. Up till In Through the Outdoor. I think Communication Breakdown is their first big single, and it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, from the jump, yeah. they were Led Zeppelin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, Led Zeppelin, they're kind of like, I don't know, uh, it's it's like if they were drafted into being the ultimate super group. Because you've, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't just have Jimmy Page, <laughs> who's just this weird wizard on guitar who's playing with a violin bow. Then you've got John Bottom, who's just like doing his thing. Who's <laughs> the personification of Animal from yeah. the Muppets playing drums. <laughs> yeah. He's ridiculous. Then and, John Paul Jones yeah, playing bass, like a fucking so underrated, amazing bass player, the best. Yeah, like so he's so versatile. Yeah, in this song, the did you hear the bass line during oh, the yeah. bridge? Yeah, so oh, fucking good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this whole band is ridiculous. And yeah, and while we're playing, it's just like Robert fucking singing. <laughs> yeah, it's the icing on the cup. Oh. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the best. Yeah, so Led Zeppelin II uh, came out in 1969, like I said. Um, uh, recording sessions for the album took place at several locations in both the United Kingdom and North America. Pretty cool. Um, the album's production was credited to the band's lead guitarist and songwriter, Jimmy Page. Uh, maybe my favorite thing about Jimmy Page is when they talk about him. Um, like they were, They'd be like in documentaries that you see about Led Zeppelin, they're like, yeah, we were kind of all getting into like Satanism stuff. But, like, we were just, like, playing around. Jimmy wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, all in. And like, if you look at Jimmy Page now, you're like, how do you look like that? Like, he looks <clears throat> like, <laughs> like, I don't know if he has a deal with Satan, he, but he's got something going on. With might that. have a contract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy Page, I don't even know what to call, like, his guitar playing. He's just like, to me, he is the master of guitar playing. He is so versatile. Yeah. He's, he's playing fucking double necks SGs all the yes. time. Just like, just going all over the place. He can play any type of style and all that stuff is in Zeppelin if you like dissect it. Yeah. Like he's just the guy. And then on top of that, he plays with his fucking Les Paul three feet below his belly button like yeah. i don't know how you play with a guitar that low yeah. <laughs> that's like tom DeLonge from blink yeah oh, yeah exactly straight down <laughs> or like fieldy, yeah, fieldy the bassist <laughs> he got two straps and put them together <laughs> yeah jimmy page on the you might get loud or it might get loud uh documentary yeah 
when he started soloing, it was amazing to see the difference between those three guitarists. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Edge. You're doing cool, cool stuff. Whatever. Yeah. I love that Jack White's like, I'm just going to play rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jack White, uh, such a good guitarist. Yeah. Like, he's so, he just, you could tell he loves music. Yeah. And then Jimmy Page, who plays something, you could tell he's feeling it out. Like, there's not mistakes in there, but there's no dead air in between the notes. Oh, yeah. You know, there's something he's playing every time, and it's intentional, but it's just completely based on feeling. Right. You know, like, you people call it mistakes. They're like, oh, yeah, he just he's a sloppy guitar player. It's like, no, he's filling in those spaces yeah. with noise, you know, the same way people do it with feedback. Like, It almost seems like oh. a lot of his stylistic to me is that the last second he's choosing to do something different. It's like there's a millisecond in there that yeah. like this is what you would normally do. And like his brain hesitates and is like, no, I'm gonna do this real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy is John Bonham uh attempted for the most part to follow Jimmy Page's guitar with his drums. <laughs> oh yeah. So that dun 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 like that's he started doing that. Yeah, that's why Led Zeppelin's so unique, and I feel like it's a great placement on the School of Rock because so many bands afterwards did that kind of thing with rock. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, Led Zeppelin two is a commercial success, big album for them. Uh. So this song, the Lemon Song, uh, was inspired by Howlin' Wolf's Killing Floor. Um. If you're not familiar with Howlin' Wolf, he's an old blues musician. Uh, which was a song Led Zeppelin briefly incorporated into their live set list during their first concert tour of the United States. For the second and third uh, North American tours, the song evolved into the Lemon Song, with Plant often improvising lyrics on stage. Other lyrics notably squeeze my lemon till the juice runs down my leg can be traced to Robert Johnson's Traveling Riverside Blues. It is likely that Johnson borrowed this himself from a song recorded earlier in the same year from 1937 called She Squeezed My Lemon by Arthur McKay. The song also references Albert King's Crosscut Saw. Uh, In December 1972, Arc Music, owner of the publishing rights of Howlin' Wolf's songs, sued Led Zeppelin for copyright infringement on the Lemon Song. The party settled out of court through the amount was, or though the amount was not disclosed, Howlin' Wolf's Wolf received a check for $45,000 from Arc Music immediately following the suit. The subsequent releases included a co-songwriter credit for him. So this is something that is synonymous with rock music going forward. Yeah. People were not, I don't, I don't think that this is the first time this happened. It might, might be on like a bigger scale, but like, Rock, big rock musicians would make songs based off of songs that they loved, and then they would get sued. Yeah. Um, so there's a big controversy over George Harrison has a song called My Sweet Lord. And My Sweet Lord, he got sued for it because th- there was a different song that has the same exact rhythm of using the same chords from like a 50s song. And it's like this is music at this time had been around long enough that like people started getting sued over it. And My Sweet yeah. Lord, he settled out of court for a lot of money on that because that song's humongous. Yeah. I don't understand. I never understood that. Like, oh, you took my song 
and made money off of it. Yeah. Okay. I took something you did yeah. that was unsuccessful right. and I made it successful. Yeah. I deserve the money for right. that. You don't. Like, even if that is, that's worst case. Yeah. That's straight up ripping off somebody's music. That's not even the case with a lot of these people. No. The vanilla ice thing yeah. with under pressure, whatever. You use the beat that's sampling nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Which you pay royalties to, I guess. Yeah. But I don't get that with this. Like, I've heard the. I've heard the comparisons mm-hmm. of Led Zeppelin to all of the people that they've allegedly stolen from. Right. Similar, maybe, but similar to a lot of stuff. Right. You know? Well, it's so great with this song in particular because, like, that riff, the doom, 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 it's like, it sounds like a blues riff, but it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds like they're putting their own spin on it because if you look at the picking that he's doing, he's picking the bottom string with his two fingers as he's moving up the neck yeah and that's what gives it that interesting sound and then on top of that when you get into the solos that he's doing it's like they're saying it feels improvised the solo does it feels like he's just doing it on the spot yeah which is like awesome for the song especially because it's being influenced by another song it's like that's blue standards is you're doing blue stuff and then you're fucking improvising solos over it yeah you know that's like how those songs work yeah and you're bound to make a melody that kind of sounds like some other blues song at some point yeah there's only so many notes Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah yeah uh had you guys uh were you guys familiar with the song yeah 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 rj i have not heard the song oh nice what'd you think i like the song do you like zeppelin the um i've never dove into them but mm-hmm. i mean i've heard all their hits and i've enjoyed everything that i've heard yeah it was a fun song i enjoy this my one issue so that i feel like there's a volume level and then that one note they go Bing! and it gets super loud every time i listen to it like there's just like a volume and then there's like that one part that in this little <laughs> the riff that gets louder and i'm like hey, ah, don't you that- like live recordings Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Because <laughs> that's what essentially the, this is back then. Right? Uh, yeah. This is essentially they're just playing live. No, so I was listening to it. And I'm yeah. like, he hits that note and then it goes quieter afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, there's that one. It just gets super loud and then it just kind of dies down. Dude, there's a transition that. And it gets loud on headphones. I can't imagine playing it with the band. When they go when they go into fast and then they just like suddenly like i'm just like fuck you i don't want to play that with anyone but if you do that and you pull it off yeah fucking rock hard and they recorded that yeah exactly they recorded john bonham's drums with three microphones they had a bass drum a snare drum and an overhead overhead yeah picked up everything yeah Versus the, now they've got like 15 mics on people. Yeah. <laughs> Drum triggers. Yeah. They run it through a MIDI controller. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the quality of these, all these songs is so good too. It's so unique to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. This one is a remaster from 2009. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it was a little longer. Yeah. Did know. you like the breakdown in the middle? It was nice. I enjoyed it, but I was like, well, we're still going. Yeah. I think they, as we still said singing. before. There, there's a lot of pace changes in this one, too. There's a lot of, Similar yeah. to the Beatles one, but the Beatles one is more abrupt. Mm-hmm. Beatles one is just that one riff mm-hmm. that you were saying you don't like, and it's kind of dissonant. It is. It's dissonant. Mm-hmm. It's Enter Sandman. 
<laughs> oh, that's why I don't like Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love this song. Yeah. I know. I, I've seen the name of it a bunch of times, and I always forget that that's what this song is because it's not one of their popular ones. No, and it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, and it's just because it has a unique riff. To yeah, it. that's it. Besides that high pitch of it, I love the song. It's a good yeah. song. Yeah, one of the few song or like one of the songs on the album with a legit solo, which yeah. I would say defines that era of rock. Mm-hmm. This guitar solo, something that's missing from rock nowadays, mm-hmm. or since oh could you 1990 imagine, like a number one hit with a guitar solo <laughs> yeah <laughs> not gonna happen no i don't know the last new song i've heard with a guitar solo <laughs> it's probably like marcus king or something like one of these new southern rock yeah. or blues rock guys oh yeah which they're not making it to the billboard yeah 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 i love this song i love this album I love their first four albums. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, if you dive deeper, like, on Zeppelin stuff, RJ, like, they have a... Their early stuff is very defined, but it's also, like... It's not messy is not the right word, but a lot of it feels, like... Raw. Raw. Yeah. yeah. But where it's actually... It's later in their career to where you get, like, cashmere. Mm-hmm. And, like, cashmere is so crisp and tight. Like everything is not does not have that raw feeling anymore. Yeah, it's which is straighted. Yeah, and I wonder why they decided in the late seventies to start to move that way. Uh, maybe they're yeah. just getting bored. I don't know what it is, mm. but yeah, I remember getting. I think it was like Led Zeppelin live in concert on a DVD. It must have been like seventy three or seventy four because Stairway to Heaven was on it, and, and uh, like they have like Moby Dick. That's where like John Bottom's doing like his <gasps> ten minute fucking yeah. drum solo on it, like just fucking going insane for yes. ten minutes on there. Yeah. And it's like I've no what's... everybody in the back is doing cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so much cocaine. Summoning Satan. Just yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> a ritual sacrificing a goat. It's so crazy when you watch that drum solo. You're just like because especially when I was a kid because I remember getting that when maybe I was like in sixth grade. And I was just like, what's timing? Because like you're just like <laughs> you're just listening to do this drum solo. You're like, he's still in time? Like <laughs> how? They're gonna come back on stage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a song? Yeah. This is not a song. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, I gotta watch that after this. Yeah. All right. So uh right off the mix, we've got Hand of Doom. Hand of Doom. From Black Sabbath off of Paranoid from 1970. Coming in at a large 7 minutes and 8 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Black Sabbath, uh, English rock band formed in Birmingham, 1968. By guitarist, <laughs> guitarist Tony... Um, I always forget how to pronounce his last name. Lomai? Oh. Lomi? Um, Bill Ward and bassist... Tony Iomi. Iomi, that's what yeah. it is, yeah. And bassist Geezer Butler. Geezer. <laughs> and vocalist Ozzy Osbourne. Um, so, CCR, American band. Beatles, mm-hmm. British band. Jimi Hendrix, American. Yeah. Zeppelin, British. 
Black Sabbath British. Jimi Hendrix, not popular until he, he went to British. For, yeah. It's interesting. It is. I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have a shit ton of stuff from Britain. No. We have Adele and Ed Sheeran. Yeah. It's popular, but like. Well, it's just like, even at that time, what were, what, like, the American bands doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Like, yeah. maybe that's just the start of, you know, like people getting interested in music. Yeah. So before that, it was just, it was an underground thing. Yeah. Maybe Elvis, people would go see Elvis. Well, it could it be maybe something where like they're popular in the States, but now they have ventured elsewhere. So now it, it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, they said Jimi Hendrix wasn't popular until he went to the. England. So he was popular in the States and then he goes, you know, across the, you know, the well, he wasn't songs. popular here. Yeah. He, he wasn't? No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no one cared about him. Here. And then he blew yeah. up. Yeah, huh. that's so weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on in England to make them, because me, I don't know if I if I'm right on this. I'd be interested to know if musically America didn't start popping until cock rock, until hair metal. Yeah, you know, because you have American bands, of course, but nothing like the talent that's coming out of England. Like even ACDC, they're Australian, maybe. Maybe Angus Young is Australian. I can't remember. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, they're Australian. Yeah. Yeah, the who? British? Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, uh, so they are often cited as the pioneers of heavy metal music. Yeah. The band helped define the genre with releases such as Black Sabbath in 1970, Paranoid in 1970, and Master of Reality in 1971. Uh, the band had multiple lineups changes following Osborne's departure in 1979, with Iomi being the only consistent member throughout its history. Um, uh, the previous band's iterations were called Polka Tolk Blues, Polka Tolk <laughs> Blues, and Earth. <laughs> they were called Earth? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. All right. We'll get into that after you're done. <laughs> Uh, the band settled on the name Black Sabbath. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, their, their first single was Evil Woman in 1970. Um, Osborne's excessive substance abuse led to his firing in 1979. Just fucking eating bats. All sorts of shit. Pioneer of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Paranoid is their second album. Um, it's got signature songs. Including Iron Man and War Pigs. Never I mean, heard of them. Come on. <laughs> um, let's see. This song was conceived after the band had observed a growing number of U.S. soldiers arriving in England from the Vietnam War in the late 1960s with severe drug addictions. Damn. Uh, the song paints an unflattering picture of hard drug use. The lyrics were written by Geezer Butler, while the music was is credited to the entire band. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Black Sabbath is just a band that I only love because of Paranoid. I only love this album. Yeah. I can give a shit about anything else from Black Sabbath. Yeah, and definitely not the Ozzy Osbourne solo no. shit. And there's yeah. something very unique about this band pre like 1970 and before that. Their first album, too. Yeah. yeah. I had I realized I had listened to I like that one. Yeah. 
there's a change on Master of Reality. Yes, they I went back to listen to that. They clean up some stuff. Four. Yeah, yeah. There's something dark about this one. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to smoke pot and worship Satan. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way I can put it. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, <laughs> like it's <laughs> dark. Yeah, Iron Man and War Pigs. Like Iron Man, as played out as it is, is a great song. But could you imagine? Like, in 1970, just oh. putting Iron Man on for the first time. Oh. Never hearing it before. Yes. I've just been like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, yeah. I felt the same thing for uh, Brain Stew. <laughs> Green Day. Yeah. But, like, yeah, okay, just that riff of Iron Man. Just Black Sabbath riffs, I just fucking love. No, it's just, oh, yeah. it just, uh, yeah, yeah. It uh, just fucking kicks you in the dick. But I'm hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. <laughs> I don't even care that I got yeah. kicked in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Like my and dick it, will fight back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because it is, it's the beginning of metal. It's literally, mm-hmm. this is the band that helps define all of metal, which I would say would include punk, which would include hardcore, which would include everything that came from that. Yeah. It's because you see stuff like in War Pigs, you see some tempos that they're doing that are like, oh, yeah, I can see that in a punk song. It's a Fugazi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like post hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then with like the breakdowns and this song in particular to where they just break down mm-hmm. shit, the, even the opening, the doom, 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 that opening, it's like, oh. I can imagine that in any hardcore <laughs> band. Mm-hmm. Any hardcore band. Yes. You know what I'm so saying? It's very ceremony yes, sounding. Exactly. It's a. Uh, What's that band? Uh, Black Breath. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I forgot about them. Yeah, you see, yeah, they influence so much stuff. Yeah, this song is all over the map. I know. That's why I. Yeah. That's why I chose it. I chose yeah. this song from Black Sabbath because I'm like, this song shows off a large scale that Black Sabbath does. Yeah, because they're doing a ton of sh- shit in this. They're like even the. Like that's to me that's like beginning versions of Maiden. Like that's yeah. beginning versions of that. It's like yeah. His voice in this too is great. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like Ozzy's voice like in no. general. Yeah. Uh, this this whole album is great. So this song in particular I thought would be the final song. It's mm-hmm. not. It's like song 6 out of 8. Yeah. Something. Uh I know could you imagine people would be like, "You know what?" Third to last song is going to be seven minutes. Yeah. I think that feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Every other song on the album is three songs in one. Yeah. It's like War Pigs slash fucking whatever. Yeah. Like Tree of Fairies slash fucking Cock of Satan. See, yeah. Ozzy like, would just fucked up, so. Yeah. yeah it really was. was. like, why not? Let's put it all together. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a lot going on in Black Sabbath in general. He's like, let's just make this one track. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're like, no, we need to break it up to a couple more. <laughs> yeah. 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 It Good blows song. my mind. With this song in particular, like, with Jimi Hendrix, with Hey Joe, I'm like, okay, I can see the roots of blues music. Lemon Song, I can see the roots of blues music. Born on the Bayou, I'm like, okay, you're doing something new. Mm-hmm. Beatles, you're doing something new. This is like, how was this made in 1970? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? Exactly. What were you doing? <laughs> you know, like, is this, did this come from true Satan? <laughs> like, just being in such a dark place where yeah. you're like, I need to reject the God of our time. 
and follow Satan himself, yeah, right. you know? Yeah. Like, it, there's something about it that's so different than anything. Yeah. I can't think of any other bands around that era. No, not around this no. time. There's nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah. RJ? Who were uh, their influences? I don't know. Yeah. Satan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, like, even me... So I was I, I was learning Hand of Doom, right? Mm-hmm. And me learning that riff, I'm just like, there's so nothing that comes before this riff. There's yeah. nothing that comes before this way that he's playing to where it's like, this is purely just him with Ioni, just like, this is his guitar playing. Yeah. This is just the first time that this guitar playing is being done. Have you heard the band Earth? No. Okay. There's a band called Earth that... <laughs> Is from Seattle. It's this guy, Dylan Carlson, who has a rotating cast of members that plays Black Sabbath-style metal music, but, like, clean. Like, no distortion and so slow. And it's all instrumental. Hmm. That's why I was, it, like... It's it ironic. caught me that their original name was Earth. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, when you listen to it, there's something so creepy about it. Yeah. But it's really, really good. He was really good friends with Kurt Cobain, hmm. and they actually used to play together in the early Nirvana days. And he was, I think, there when, or he was like the first one on the scene when Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Like they were hmm. super close. Mm-hmm. And then his career just like, I think he kept doing heroin after uh, <laughs> after yeah. that or something. But yeah, he's come back recently with some really good albums that are seem to be influenced by early Black Sabbath. Nice. I don't know anybody else that's really like metal is influenced by Black Sabbath. Yeah. But nobody is doing Black Sabbath these days, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because metal just like went off the rails. Yeah. They just like went crazy versus. Like, how do you tie this to Kill Switch Engage? You know? Can you tie it to Avenged Sevenfold? Well, fuck yeah. (laughs) Bat Country. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, RJ? Do you Sabbath head? So, initially, if you played the song for me, I would be like, I don't think I've heard this. I've heard this album. Mm -hmm. So, I've heard it. I just don't remember. But I think it's just, you know, back in high school days, listen to this, and I'd be like, yeah, rock out. This is awesome. Yeah, rock Um, out. Um, <laughs> Smoke pop or <laughs> But I feel like as soon as I heard this song, I, it brought back those feelings, just the nostalgia. And it was just like, this is an awesome song. I enjoyed this. It was fantastic. I don't hate Ozzy Osbourne. He did his own little thing. But I think just like Black Sabbath, it, it they brought it. Yeah. It was just, <clears throat> like I said earlier. Yeah. Did it, it make fun. you want to play hacky sack? Mm. Yeah. That was around the same time. That was around Way that time. The hacky sack, <laughs> the ball chains, smoking pot, playing hacky sack, <laughs> listening to Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's something about his guitar playing that like I really want to take a deeper dive into it because it's so particular. Yeah, I want to listen to it again. I want to listen to the album again. Yeah. yeah, I recommend that first album yeah. if you haven't listened to that one. Yeah, it it sounds like it's recorded better too mm. i think i was telling you about the style of metal called cult yeah k-u-l-t or k-v-l-t cult metal mm-hmm. where they try to mimic the style of early metal recordings mm-hmm. and there's something particular about the paranoid album that is there's a, it's a little bit off yeah especially the fact that this song was written by geezer butler 
and the bass on it sounds so strange. Mm-hmm. Like compared to any bass in any other song in any other genre. Yeah. It's it sounds like it's played through a guitar amp. Mm-hmm. Like it's really unique to this song or to this band. Yeah, some of the this recording in particular reminds me of like really early um Iron Age tragedy recordings yeah. and then there's a there's a band that have the cassettes of called Skin Like Iron and it reminds me of these like weird just bad recording metal bands that I just love. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. 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 I got to get into that style of metal again. Like yeah. Def Heaven got me back into metal. Yeah. Have you listened to them a lot? Not a lot, but <sighs> they, they are another band that had come out with one album that wasn't super popular. And their second album was a huge hit in the metal scene and then went a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the album new Bermuda that you should check out because mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of songs on there that are similar to Black Sabbath riffs. Nice. Like the riffage on that album is yeah. ridiculous. That's what <laughs> so I love good. about them cuz it's like yeah. it's it's simple riffs that sound great and yeah. then when it's technical they'll get technical, but yeah. it doesn't override the rhythm. Where like when you get to bands, eventually when you get into the between the buries, me where it's just like eventually yeah. it's just the lead is just gonna overwrite everything. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't care about the rhythm at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I love between the buried and me. Yeah, or Mastodon. Just like Mastodon, we don't care at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So my big question with these songs on this mix, okay. right? Would you care? So we've got this is rock, mm-hmm. right? We're just gonna say this is late sixties rock. It yeah. all falls under the same genre, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they all sound different, mm-hmm. right? They all inspire different genres, which is what separates them eventually. But do you need this any of this style or this style of music or any of these type of bands now? So, like, my example is is that there's that one band of those kids that sound like Zeppelin. Greta Van Fleet. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time I've heard them, I'm like, I don't need you. No. I've got Zeppelin. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my same thing with, like, if a band sounds like Oasis. They're like, oh, we're just going to sound kind of like the Beatles. And I'm like, I don't need you, Oasis. <laughs> I have the Beatles. But Wonderwall <laughs> is great. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't. Black Sabbath, I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm interested in Deaf Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, or in that album by Deaf Heaven, because Black Sabbath obviously influenced metal, but nobody really tried to tackle Black Sabbath. You know, yeah. they never tried to like do Black Sabbath these days. Yeah. They might have a place. We, I would have said before that Led Zeppelin has a place in music today. Like somebody should do Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Until I heard Greta Van Fleet, and I was like, nobody should ever <laughs> do Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Probably the same thing about the Beatles. Like, yeah. They're so broad. I wouldn't know. No. Well, how do you maybe decide? the Kooks did similar to the Beatles? Yeah, maybe or tried to. But it's like it, that's my problem with like I don't care for Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh. Because it's like I've got Jimi Hendrix. Like Ooh. I don't I don't need Steve Ray Vaughn. Oh damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk. I gotta 
I gotta show you an album. <laughs> but if a guy comes out that's like a guitar player who sounds just like Jimi Hendrix, it's like I don't need that, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. put Jimi Hendrix. Well, I'd feel it would be disingenuous. Yeah. I feel like they're not doing it because they want to do it. I feel like they'd be doing it because it sounds like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, the way Greta Van Fleet's doing it. Yeah, they straight up just say like. We like Led Zeppelin, so we did Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, that's when I sing, I sound like him, so we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, see, I feel like there's the I sound like so and so. Yeah. And then there's the I'm inspired by so and so. But your inspirations, you're going to take from so and so, like five, six, seven different bands, yeah. and then that's what you create. And that's fantastic. I like that sometimes. Yeah. That's why I can really appreciate Coheed. Because Coheed oh, all over. does that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can see Black Maiden. Sabbath, influence, Black Sabbath, Maiden, Zeppelin. Like Pink you Floyd. can see Pink Floyd. You can see even Rush in there. Yeah, like fuck you can yeah. see all sorts of shit in there. But they are Coheed. Yes, mm-hmm. you know the Mars Volta yeah. is Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd with Latin music. Santana, they're just Santana. Santana, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with more singing. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> And everyone probably speaks Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those influences, but that's are great. maybe actually the reason why I prefer at the drive-in to the Mars Volta mm-hmm. because at the drive-in doesn't sound like anything else. Mm-hmm. At the drive-in doesn't require a commitment, where yeah. the Mars Volta really mm-hmm. requires a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. That's and uh, at the, Mars Volta is tough to get into. <laughs> yeah. Like I will admit that. Yeah. But I do love that band. Yeah. Like. I can't, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's one of those bands. It's yeah. so tough. Like when somebody's like, I don't like the Mars Volta. I was like, totally. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Like I push play. play. I push play. I listen to them and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's. And I, I don't think I ever went back. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the school of rock. To the introductory, like I said, these are just, you know, bands, late 60s, that help define other styles of music, that bring older style of music to what it was redefining in the late 60s. Uh, it's the greatest guitar player ever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot with these songs. Um, but the thing is, is, I feel like there's a lot of history with this song, with these songs, a lot of history with the bands, a lot of information. But I feel like every one of these songs, maybe you can, maybe not Hand of Doom, but I would say easily those first four songs are pretty digestible. Mm-hmm. Meaning that like you've either heard them before or you've at least heard the band before, so they're gonna go down easy. Yeah, it's not like you're hearing a six minute song from a band that you've never heard of before that you're like, when is this over? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, there are, and none of these songs are the popular songs, right? Like I would have done, fucking proud Mary, while my guitar gently weeps, uh, um, purple haze, purple haze, uh, communication breakdown, literally, tons yeah. of songs. <laughs> yeah. I'm still mad at him. Like yeah, the first. You know, intro track, purple haze. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was going through, and I'm like, this is his first song on that album. I want to listen to the album now. Yeah. Could you imagine just being there, hearing him play Purple Haze for the first time? Mm. Like, be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just starting off with, well, wait, what, what, what was it? 
This guy sucks. His like <laughs> his name I think was like Johnny Hendrix or yeah. something. So he's like, hey guys, I'm I'm Johnny Hendrix. <laughs> I'm, I want to play a little song for you called that Purple Haze. <laughs> Thanks guys for coming Put out. This bandana and a worm, motherfuckers doing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, he's lighting it on fire. Motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> playing it behind his back. Shit. Somebody put out that fire. <laughs> no, he, oh, got, no, he got his teeth on that guitar. <laughs> he, he on stage be like, rise fire. Rise <laughs> fire. Jimmy, that ain't the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. You can't play the national anthem like that, Jimmy. Jimmy? His biggest and most critical fan that just follows him around for yeah. the show to show. So, Jimmy, what you doing now? <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning here at Woodstock, Jimmy. <laughs> Don't take those sleeping pills, right. Jimmy. <laughs> the funniest thing is he still goes by Johnny at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I will change my name to Jimmy. He's like, oh, yeah, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> just to make you happy and to leave me alone. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So... Uh, I guess let's rate it. What would what you, you rate it first? I'm curious. Would you, okay? <laughs> would you have done anything different? This is a a big task to take on the school of rock. Um, you had a specific idea in mind. Would you have changed anything a week later? You know, I th- don't think so. Only because at this point, no one needs the standards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, like, I don't think that anyone needs information or needs to hear the songs that they've heard over and over again. Yeah. And originally, when the first time that I made this mix, it was all over the place. It was through the 80s. I had ACDC on there. I had Van Halen on there. Um, I had, I might have had Kansas on there, honestly. Um, because there's just like, there's so much that's happening in music with rock music that it becomes really hard to define. Um, now is there some argument as to late sixties rock bands that I could have included that I personally don't care for? Yes. I don't care for the who. Yeah. I don't care, but I understand. I I don't like the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Never have. Um, so it's like there's other bands for sure in the late 60s that are doing shit. Mm-hmm. I just don't care about them. Yeah. You know? So that would be the biggest thing to someone of being like, well, why didn't you include Cream? Yeah. Like, Cream's just, ain't no yeah. Like, they're doing crazy shit. That's the thing. You only got five songs, yeah. too. So it's hard because I would say Rolling Stones should be included right. in that. And that was my original thought. But I don't know if pre-1970, the Rolling Stones should be. True. Yeah, they didn't have much. No, they were still like a Beatles ripoff band because that's what they were. They yeah. were doing, they were literally doing Beatles. Uh, Beatles wrote their first hit. That yeah. was a song that the Beatles didn't use that they gave to them. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. And I don't care. Satisfaction? For... Yes. Damn, that is a Beatles song. That is a Beatles song. That's a Beatles-ass song, if I've ever heard of it. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I don't care for fucking what's-his-face Keith Richards' guitar playing. Like, I know Mark Maron fucking loves it, but it's like, I don't care. Really? Yeah, he loves it, because he does weird-ass blue shit that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, it was an interesting mix because the five songs were so different, but mm-hmm. it really is a specific style. 
and it's a style that resonates with me. All five songs. Mm. Um, I see where you're coming from. I like the descriptions of this is what influenced this later on. Yeah. That made a lot of sense. Um, I think there, like, there's a couple songs that I would change, like I would swap out with another song. Only because of preference. like Only because yeah, of preference. Only exactly. because you're like, well, I would yes. rather listen to this Zeppelin yes. song. Because you have 15 to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if I were to show this mix to somebody that hasn't heard 60s rock, yeah. I wouldn't change any of the songs. Yeah. So I give it a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It sounds like bad. If I give you a 4.5, all right. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think... The uh, I think the only one was Credence mm, for me, which I I enjoy that song. Yeah, but I would have preferred something with more punch. Like even though Fortunate Son is such a hit, yeah, I think that would have been a better fit. That's mm. the only thing. Yeah, and I can't ch- like I'm not judging what I would do necessarily. It's just that, yeah, that would be the one that I would change yeah. out of them. Yeah. Good. It was a good mix. Oh. I listened to it a bunch of times. Yeah, I guess and I, I, I might have included. I can't remember if Cripple Creek comes out before 1970 because I do like the band and I and I like that album. I just can't remember if that comes out because the band is very. They're like what would define 70s rock music because they're like this weird slowed down country mm. thing that like Kansas and Chicago would do eventually. That would be an interesting Americana roots. Yeah, that's for mixtape. sure the band. Yeah, even though I think they're Canadian, but really close enough. Mm, you know <laughs> the Americas. Yeah, up north. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So overall, uh, my rating. Can I call you R Jizzle? Call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Can I call you Jizz for short? <laughs> What's up, Jizz? <laughs> Yo, Jizzy. What's up, come? <laughs> It just gets eventually. Sperm boy. <laughs> Sperm boy. <laughs> Ejaculate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, overall. Spit it, sperm. It, I love. Yo, drop that sperm. Drop that, <laughs> that low, boy. <laughs> Let's get that money shot. So. <laughs> Uh, the order of everything. I love Credence in the beginning. I love Black Sabbath at the end. Uh-huh. The middle ones, I'm like, I I try to figure out a way to organize it, and I did not think of anything like you know that stands out. Yeah, maybe two and four can be flipped around. Cause- I really like Jimi Hendrix with uh, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Like just the next song right afterwards. Yeah, um, maybe Credence, Jimmy, Led Zeppelin, Beatles, Black Sabbath. Yeah, I thought Beatles about Beatles as number Sabbath four. would be such a strange transition, though. <laughs> I thought that, too, and I was like, we could put that there. Mm, no, oh, no, it, it can't. Yeah. I'll listen to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I listened to this many times, and every time I, I played it, I was like, I enjoy this mix. There, there are my ups and downs, you know, like notes and high pitches and monkeys and... The monkeys are not on this. <laughs> Wait, what mix was I listening to? Uh, overall, I enjoyed this. This overall, so I, I gave it a four point four point one. Nice. I, I like this. I was like, you know what? I will listen to this, and I'm interested in some of the other bands on there to listen to their discographies and stuff like that. Yeah, tight. 
I would be interested if if you had to pick one album for each of us right now mm-hmm. to recommend to take a deep dive on. Kind of the way I did with Fleetwood Mac after with rumors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could choose one album to assign to each of us. Because it's like we were talking about, I think before it was just like, where do I start with the Beatles? Mm-hmm. There's so much. And then yeah. you're going to listen to one. And you're like, oh, that wasn't my style. I don't like the Beatles. Yeah. But it's because you listen to a specific album. So that would be interesting for him, for the Beatles, since he's not interested, yeah. or not too interested in the Beatles and me with like Bob Dylan or the band. What would you recommend to listen to? Well, Bob Dylan with. would be Blonde on Blonde. That's like the okay. album. Yeah, I would say. With All the, right. With the band, it's I, I can't remember if, if because the song's called Cripple Creek. I can never remember if the album that that comes off of is called Cripple Creek. Um, okay. Yeah, that's like pretty early album for that. All right. Um, for the Beatles, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For RJ <laughs> in particular. Oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm picky. So I'm you unique. Know, I mean, you know, Rain. You know the hits. Mm-hmm. You I know do, early Beatles. I would do Abbey Road, and it's only because so Abbey Road has a section of songs that there's like five songs, but they all they're just it's just one giant song. Okay, but it's split up into five songs, five ish songs, and it's just it's 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 literally it's one of the few. Albums, I would say, even over Sgt. Pepper's. Like, Sgt. Pepper's, you you kind of are supposed to listen to it beginning to end, but I would say Abbey Road needs to be listened to beginning to end. So, you know what's funny is literally, I can imagine me doing this and literally coming back and be like, I love the Beatles. I listen to their whole discography. Yeah. I, everything is great. That's kind of the idea of it. It's like, but I mean, I, do you know the song Something? You'd have to play it, and I'd be like, "Oh, that one." Uh, something in the head. way she moves. Blah, blah. It's a, it's a it's a George Harrison song that comes from. So Abbey Road's very interesting because Abbey Road came out in uh, 1969. Let It Be comes out in 1970. The mm-hmm. break the Beatles break up in 1970. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Let It Be was actually made before Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. What? It was yes. one of those that just had back. So they had so um, the. Let it be. Those songs were made. I forgot who the keyboardist is, but they were kind of like playing around. He's a very famous keyboardist, piano piano player. That's a blues piano a pianist. Um, Elton John. No, <laughs> uh, he's black. Um, black Elton John. <laughs> um, Elton John and blackface. He was like kind of being accepted into the band. Like he was like a part of the band, and he plays on a lot of Let It Be. And I love Let It Be, but Let It Be. They they were were making when they were fighting, and a lot of the songs kind of suffer because of that a little bit. And then they kind of made up and then made Abbey Road. But then they decided to break up, and so I think it's like a record uh, deal thing where they had to release fulfill the contract. Yeah, because even after, um, so like George Harrison, uh, All Things Must Pass, I believe, comes out in 1970. So that album comes out the same year that they break up. And all of the Beatles shared royalties, as far as I remember correctly, on that album. And and I believe that went into, like, 1974. So, like, Paul McCartney had some really big hits in the early 1970s. And all of the money from those songs and those albums went to all of the Beatles. Hmm. It didn't just go to directly to them. Wow. Yeah. So, like, with Wings, was that completely separate? 
Um, I don't know how wings works. Yeah. I think if it's a, if it was like a solo thing, it got dispersed. Yeah. Um. So weird. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I, don't, I don't know the ins and outs of that contract. But yeah, I would say Abbey Road. It's my favorite album by the Beatles. Um, it's super interesting. I would say listen to that album and let me know what you think. Yeah. It's got a song called Polythene Pan, Mean Mr. Mustard. Um, it's got a song called Maxwell Silver Hammer. And my mom used to sing me that song when I was a kid. And it's about a serial killer Toy. who kills okay. people with a hammer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Very Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold, I want to hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. No, yeah. I remember. I think it was one of our first ones, and we were talking about the Beatles, and you're like, you know, people come up to me and be like, I hate the Beatles. Well, it's like, well, I will show you a song you will like. Yeah. That's a Beatles song. You will like it. Yeah. <laughs> I will force feed you it. That's what I'm curious about between the three of us. Like, we know that we have musical preferences that the others don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is there, like, like if I was trying to convince you to like uh, John Mayer? <laughs> John Mayer. If John Mayer. Yes. If I was trying to convince you to like John Mayer, My body is, is a there waterfall. a song that I could pick? No, you'd have to pick an album. An, or is there an album that I could pick? You know? I mean, you tell me. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I would, where the light is. the light, But it's a live album. I'm out. See, I'm but out you already. you can't be in. You've got to give it a chance. I'm out already. All right. Then. Um, fuck, what's it called? I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. But the one with gravity on it. Is continuum. I think it's continuum. (laughs) (laughs) Songs for pussies. (laughs) I would say continuum. Listen to continuum. It has that stop this train song. Uh, I like that one. (laughs) It's got a lot of good songs. Yeah. So that would be the closest that I could see you liking John Mayer, or you would see what I see in John Mayer. And the same thing for the Beatles. It's like if he doesn't necessarily like the Beatles, you he might see what you like. Everyone likes the Beatles. And the Beatles. Whether they realize it or not. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. But I mean, everybody likes John Mayer, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what do we got this next week? Uh, oh, it's my turn? Uh, I think it's so. Yeah. Is it your turn? It is your turn. Right. Well, I made a playlist. It has five songs, and it's called Oral Sex. <laughs> like for your ears? It's Oral Sex. <laughs> is it really called Oral Sex? It's called Oral Sex. That's the title of it. It's Oral Sex. Yeah. Songs to give oral sex or to Get. This is all John you know, Mayer, isn't it? I'm not going to say it's what. Like, if I blew John Mayer, <laughs> this is what I want to listen to. This, this is the foreplay. Yeah. This I is... want him to sing me these songs <laughs> as I'm blowing them. I want to be telling him his body is a wonderland. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to tell you what you could and give or is, receive oral sex to. You know? He, he blows his load like in track two and yeah. i just keep going i keep going i like it yeah it's for me he's not this as point. hard but it's yeah. still okay i'm doing this for me <laughs> yeah it's oral sex 
Oral sex. Oral sex. So songs about sex that go in your ear. I I, I don't think that's not how you no, do oral no. sex. <laughs> oral, like you hear orally, or or oh, okay. like a u r a l. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. I think it <laughs> could be. Yeah, it's oral music that's pleasurable to the ear, like from the mouth. Yeah. Oral. There's it's just fucking scat. Like, all right orally so it's gonna be artists you know a vocal pleasure to the ear so it's artists that sing now do you remember what i told you last week that you're not gonna like this one mm-hmm. you're not gonna like this one <laughs> i hope it's just songs about getting ahead yeah, because cool. you can find I'm, there's plenty of rap songs about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Literally yeah, the whole songs. Song. I'm sure yeah. there's tons of Afro-Man songs. <laughs> it's all Afro-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Met this girl in Hollywood. All right, all right. <laughs> Mike, Damn, she looked good. <laughs> Out of the history of us doing this, what are the songs I didn't like? It was a jazz uh, song Mariah that was Carey. like 14 minutes. Jazz and Mariah Carey. I like jazz, just not 14 minutes of. Okay, I'm still paying attention. Mariah Carey. I think that's it that I was like, I hate, I didn't hate, but I dislike the song. Because he's been very adamant of, RJ, you will not like this mix. I'm not saying that you're not going to like it. Is he going to blow both of us? You're not going to like it because you listen to it at work, right? On the speaker. Mm -hmm. That means other people have to listen to this. And they are not going to like it. See, I have different this people. This is not for people that like popular music. Is it you recording people getting This is me oral getting sex? blown for five tracks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, that is a... Is that from... Yeah, that's from Eminem. It isn't on the Marshall Mathers LP? No, he's not going to pick Eminem. Okay. I he, put, there's a track where he's getting Eminem. blown, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If he picked Eminem, he knows it, that I would, <laughs> I would like this one. I couldn't play it at work. Yeah, I have my history of Eminem. I hope it's all rap and R and B songs. I don't think it is. It might be R and B, maybe like Salt and Pepper, some wet ass pussy. So no, no, but I would I would play that at work. I'd be fine with that. You play WAP at work? I mean, edited version. She talks about swiping a tongue. Why are you trying to censor us? Like a credit card. Down with the patriarchy. Down with the patriarchy. (laughs) So I don't think that's it. It'd be something that people would not like to hear. Cis white male. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just a lot of things that are sexist, racist, things I can't play. All right. Do you want me to tell you? Because I'm going to tell you before next week because you need to know before you listen to it. Oh, yeah. This is exciting. Mm It is. I wish I just sent it to you already. A U R A L. You got that? Yeah. S E C T S. Oh, okay. So different. Okay. So sects Mm -hmm. are philosophical extremes, basically. So. These are five bands that smaller groups of idealistic thinking. So, so for example, if there's like a rap group, then the uh, the you know the the normal one would be like Kanye West, and then these people are like, we know what rap is, and it's not Kanye West, so we're doing our own thing. 
They're so is on it the genre wise? So like grindcore? There's other would be a sect. Ooh, I almost put grindcore on there. Grindcore is like a sect of music. Yes, but I wouldn't put these artists into a specific category like that. Oh, okay. These five artists for me are hard to categorize hmm. because you can pick certain things out, but uh, a lot of them are strange. Hmm. All rap rock, huh? <laughs> How do you feel about ska? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's pretty easy to categorize, but rap rock, I might, I mean, <laughs> who could put Kid Rock in a box? I'd be curious if you categorize <laughs> one of these as rap rock. Ba wa ba. Like, Ooh. what are you going to call that? Do you like Bjork? I like Sia. That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what's coming up. <laughs> um, well, RJ, his last album you were very high on. So, yeah. His last mix, the Aussie mix. The Aussies. Yeah. Yes. I've been listening to a lot of the other stuff too. Alex the Astronaut, I heard that song. Oh, oh that's so the domestic good. abuse song? Yeah, I yeah. heard of the live I like one. to dance. Oh. oh, I wanted to cry. Yeah, it's so fucking I good. I felt it. Yeah, yeah, when she's like, when she's saying that, you know, this is just the way I act. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then she's like, I think my mom knows, or I think my friends know. And then she's talking about how she's t- talking to her mom about it. She's like, fuck me. Yeah. yeah. I, I really should have listened to her stuff before I put the happy song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> happy song is a great fucking song, a good song in the context of that album too, because yeah. all of her stuff is like, so deep yeah. and then she's like I want to write a happy song do you like, call it fucking happy song do you like Christmas song no <laughs> no Christmas <laughs> no Christmas for me alright well you can find the five song mixtape um, anywhere you get podcasts I guess and you can find us on Instagram five song mixtape find us on Spotify find the mixes there all one word five song mixtape and I was born on the bayou. Born, born on, on the bayou. bayou. I smoke pot and worship Satan. <laughs>